if at the end of the day I wanted control of my own brand, um, I don't want what I'm doing in my business to be affected by anybody else out there that's not inside these walls right here. Um, that's why I did it. And I am in it speaking from a place, a privileged place that we have become successful, not in spite of that brand, but, but, uh, you know, largely based on our own way of doing things here. Well, here we go, guys. Welcome back to the Functional Life Podcast. Episode six? So, yeah. And episode one of 2023, yeah, I believe. Not the first one released, but the first one at least recorded. Heck yeah. Oh, I feel lucky. Yeah. yeah you should honored. feel lucky. Well, we're happy uh, everybody's here. Thank you for everyone that's been listening to this little fun little discussion where we talk all things... Uh, functional life, things that make up a happy, healthy, fun, and functional life. And uh, we have a guest today, Jason, uh, mm-hmm. that's a good friend of ours and oh been Lord. a big part of this gym and kind of behind the scenes a long time. Coach Kirby's in the house. <laughs> yeah. How you guys What's up, doing? Kirby? How you doing? How you doing? But Kirby's not your, not your real name, right? No, no. It's uh, Matthew Kerbell. Matthew Kerbell. Kerbell. Oh, see, in my mind, it's Kerbel. So Kerbel. Glad, you know, glad we got this figured out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you ever... Uh, I like in our group text how no one really knows how to spell Kirby. They give you all yeah. sorts of different ways of it. I think the one he prefers is K-I-R-B-Y. That is actually yeah. the one. I Even though it, I get where it throws people off because it's K-U-R in your last name. Right, so they right, want to do right. it with a K. But you got the name from where? Originally? Kirby's Dreamland yeah. came out when I was uh, about in third grade. And yeah. uh, I kind of matched <laughs> the uh, description of the character of the game back then. So uh, Seemed a little overweight. You were A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Grew yeah. up kind of that way. So for uh, people listening that don't know, that's the big fat inflatable <laughs> cartoon character that's a video game. Kind of like Mario and Yoshi. There was oh, also yeah. Kirby. The big pink one? He would yeah. be pink yeah. one. He'd yeah. blow up and he would be so fat he would float around. Yeah, yeah he'd yeah. suck in the air and then yeah. fly around. I thought that was yeah. a Pokemon, but I no. guess not. Similar there. Kind of I, that might have been the precursor to Pokemon. Actually. This is very Pokemon. Might have been the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm digging that Lulu, that like whole Lulu outfit you got going I on. I got it, guys. We 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 uh we're gonna continually shout out Lulu here. Are you wearing your Lulu short? Too, Kirby? I'm not. Oh, I felt bad. So but I had my shirt ready, Hook but it was. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is our synergy uh, hoodies that we got done up with the city sweat hoodies. I like it. Love city Comfort. sweat. Yeah, yeah, I've got Lulu shorts on. Yeah, uh, they're such a good partner of ours. I mean, they're obviously huge into the functional fitness, functional life. Um, yeah. So we're we're thankful for their partnership, and we actually have a gift for you. All of our uh, guests that come on the podcast get uh, a gift from Lululemon. Oh, so. Cool. Before thank we you. get out of here, we'll make sure that you get that. Sweet. Uh, so big, thank you, big day up. coming up here in a couple of weeks for anybody listening that's local here in the Atlanta area. Come on down. We have, have a grand opening at the Peachtree at the Peachtree Corner Store at the Forum. Um, that's our favorite one. That's our favorite one. Yep. And we'll be there. Actually, Jason and I will be there live casting, podcasting from the grand opening on Saturday, January 28th, I believe that is. Mm-hmm. Soft openings on the 27th, the Friday before that. But I think that uh, Saturday is going to be a big party. DJ in the house. It's going to be lots of tables, lots of people set up, coffee truck. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we'll be there as the main attraction or the main event. So if anyone <laughs> wants to come out, uh, it ought to be a lot of fun. It ought to be. We're excited. I haven't seen it myself. It's been under tight wraps. Yeah. Have you been in it and seen it? I have not been in it. There I've, you go. They got the sign lit up last night, though, so I know that. Ooh, so they're ooh. real close. Well, oh, that's yeah, cool. they're switching it over this week and, and getting ready. Yeah. Exciting. Well, what do we, uh, th- for our listeners, a fun, fun little episode today, Jason. What are we talking about today? Well, <laughs> out there in the, uh, in the, in the world of uh, functional fitness, working out gyms, um, 
the leader of that over the last you know decade or so has been CrossFit. Yeah. Um, I believe we are or were a CrossFit gym. We're going to talk about that. Um, there's also been over the last, I don't know, really two years, especially a, a big, I don't know, wave of momentum against being CrossFit affiliates. You know, mm-hmm. gyms that were affiliated with CrossFit and then for whatever reason um, started to de-affiliate. And, um, and so that's been interesting to watch. There's been a lot of reasons for that. Um, but for today, we want to talk about here synergy and uh, what crossfit means to us what it has meant to us over the last you know eight years that we've been open yeah. and whether you are considering joining that wave of de-affiliation so yeah. that's what the, that's what we're going to get into today and then at the end assuming uh, all that goes well we as our mo we never like to leave things with just problems and questions we want to offer up some solutions and some ideas as well Absolutely. um i i this will be an explicit uh, E on the descriptor, but I love your phrase of I don't know shit about shit. Um, so <laughs> our ideas will be our ideas, but um, but they may be good ones and maybe some things that CrossFit HQ or Dave Castro can uh, listen to from actual users and people that are that are big into the brand and, and want to help it. So. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So let's get started there. Uh, take yeah. me back eight years, I guess, Eight years ago, when you started the gym, yep. uh, was it? Is it? Was it a CrossFit uh, gym affiliate? Yep. What was the name? Like, get us a little bit of history lesson. Yeah, it was. We, uh, I, when I wanted to do this, I, I you know, I've met, some of this will be mentioned. By the way, in our first episode we ever did, which is a little Q and A with me, I go through some of this, and we'll talk about it more in depth now. But yeah, eight years ago, you know, long story short, I had the idea to open a gym, and I was doing CrossFit at a CrossFit affiliate at the time. Had been doing it for several years before that probably about 2000, I would say eight to 10 started quote doing CrossFit. And, you know, of a lot of things besides that I shared in the previous episode, just birthed the gym out of the idea of, I saw lots of CrossFit gyms that I thought could be better and I wanted to do it in a better way. Okay. So stop right there. Um, We used a term that people may not be familiar with and that's affiliate. Yeah. What does that even mean? What does a CrossFit affiliate mean? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. I think that, that, that they, they've, an affiliate is someone who pays the license fee to CrossFit. They have applied and been approved to be in a CrossFit affiliate. So that's the stark contrast in the business world for that would be that CrossFit is a license model. It's not a franchise. Okay. So, you know, everyone is familiar with franchises. You can open up a, a, a Subway franchise. Yeah. And that's now you are not just a sub shop or a sandwich shop making sandwiches. You are a quote subway and they give you, you know, a book, a playbook, a menu, you order marketing. Things, the marketing and, yeah. and all the things for that. A, a license is different. A license model is l- really quite literally, you pay us a fee to use the term CrossFit. So they're relying a lot on the power of their brand. Um, and, and that's really all they're giving you in that model as an affiliate. Now there's some, there's some rules they have in place under that. You've got to go, you've got to have a, a certain level of certification as a coach. You have to have a certain level as of an in- owner. As an owner, that's right, to be the owner. That's right. And you have to have uh, some insurance things in place, some liability insurance and policies in place. There's ways you can use the word in public and ways you can't. Mm. Um, But outside of that, quite literally, that's just about it. Uh, As long as you uh, follow those guidelines and those few steps, you can pretty much do whatever you want um, and call yourself a CrossFit affiliate. And you and pay their fee, pay which the fee. yeah, that's I was gonna say that's yeah. the biggest thing. And and nominally, the 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 reason people would be attracted to a model as an affiliate or license model of a franchise, it is a lot cheaper barrier to entry. Uh, I'll, I'll give it out right now. Our affiliation fee is three thousand dollars a year. Okay, 
I don't even know what it is to open a subway, but it, you know, a lot of these franchises are 100, 200, $300,000 minimum. Right. To, uh, and even inside of fitness, fitness franchises to open up a orange theory, I've heard it's upwards of two, 300 grand yeah, to gotcha. do that. So, yeah. okay. So, um, at the beginning you were a CrossFit gym Were you synergy CrossFit. No, never were Synergy CrossFit <laughs> but that, uh, because their naming rules are so stringent that they they won't let you no, – no two affiliates can be named the same. So that's the very first hurdles. you got to pick your name. Okay. By the time we wanted to affiliate, it was already so rampant. CrossFit had already kind of – the bell curve had started. So every name in the world you could think of that was halfway decent was already taken. So um, we went through – I applied with lots of names. There was a Synergy CrossFit already like in Canada, spelled differently, but they was too close. They said mm-hmm. no. So we ended up being – uh, CrossFit South Forsyth is our official affiliate name, which is the county we're in. I tried everything. I even tried city names, tried everything. Nope, taken, taken, taken. So I, I had to name a geographic region of a county, Yeah, which was not at all the name I wanted my business to be or the brand, but that's what my official affiliate name has had to be. Okay, but was that also the name of the company as you started it? Was it no. CrossFit South Forsyth or was it Synergy yeah. School of Fitness from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. No, from the so from the beginning. That's uh, the way so. we got around it legally is the name of my LLC was Synergy CrossFit. I already founded the LLC before I got approval for the affiliate. So my official name, as far as CrossFit's concerned, on the CrossFit map is CrossFit South Forsyth. The name on my door was Synergy CrossFit. Okay, which ended up being problematic. We were only that for a couple year, yeah, year and a yeah, half, yeah. maybe a couple years. Um, before we were discovered and said, no, that's too close to the name of this other gym and Synergy, you need to change. And uh, at that time, we abandoned that name, went through an entire rebrand of our gym and became uh, just Synergy. I wanted my company to be called Synergy for several reasons. So we just called it Synergy and that was it. And there's a, you know, in our branding, a colon, a fitness community. Yeah. So we became, we removed CrossFit from all of our branding at that point, really. Uh, and that was one of the reasons why. So at the beginning, um, did you have hopes of, or was it the plan that the name CrossFit would help you from a branding marketing as you grew this business from yep. zero members to where it is today? Was was that part of the the idea with the the CrossFit Absolutely. name would help you from that standpoint? Absolutely. When you're opening a business, you need momentum, and when you're as powerful of a brand and a a name in the community in the fitness world as CrossFit was at the time, I thought, hey, we should plant our flag on this. It is. The methodology of training, that is what we were doing. We were following a lot of CrossFit standards as far as programming, coaching, and these sort of things go. Um, so absolutely, it was a reason to do that. And and at that time, I was heavily invested in CrossFit. I was a true believer in everything they were doing. So wanted to plant my flag in that ground, so to speak. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah. But one of the things you said was that to start it, I believe, Kirby, you said this, to start the gym, the owner has to have a certain training coaching certification level one okay and then your coaches as you brought them on did you also require them to have level oh, yeah. one or some sort of crossfit yes training that would be a requirement that's Absolutely. that's the minimum requirement yep is a level, a level one. one um thousand dollars a couple of days yep. and, and what do you learn training. in a level one like what is what are we as a member of a gym getting from a coach that is level one certified they go through all the movements, the nine main functional movements, and then from there they teach you a little bit about the methodology of why they do the things that they do, and then they t- show you how to program, and they go through that for those two days, and they take you through a couple of workouts, and they show you how a coach, um, you know, divvies up the class. If you've got, you know, 25 or more people, you've got to get everybody organized. That's the biggest thing, safety. 
Um, you just have to make sure that everybody knows what they're doing before they start. And that's really hard a lot of times, especially when you're new to this and you've got a bigger class that you're not used to. So it gives you a lot of exposure to that. But mm -hmm. the other side is the bad side that everybody heard about, of course, soon after the big explosion of CrossFit hit was, uh, well, how do I do this? And the word got out that all you needed was a thousand dollars and a couple of days to get your L1 and then a couple more thousand and you could open a brick and mortar and you would be able to be in business teaching others. And some people in the fitness industry looked at that as a really, I mean, easy way to get into it, but an easy way to make money. And then that's when CrossFit, basically the gym that you go to is all dictated by how the owner runs the organization or the, or the company, as you will. Yeah, there's no CrossFit standards on how you run a CrossFit gym because it's a license. Right. They're right. just giving you the name and it's your business to run. So there's a, a big pro, pro and con. Big pro is that low barrier of entry is great. Right. For yeah. starting a business. Yeah. The con is the low barrier of entry is not so great because anybody <laughs> yeah. almost can do it. Can do it. Yeah. And this, this kind of goes back. I, I, again, see both sides to it, the pros and the cons. Like you said, Jason, it goes back to what Greg Glassman's vision was. Um, he, at heart, when he, he's the, Greg Glassman, for those that aren't listening, is the founder of CrossFit. He's started this long, long time before, before the affiliates even exploded just as a trainer doing it. And he is a staunch libertarian. He has a staunch mindset of the strongest and best will survive and will weed out everybody else. It's sort of business natural selection, if you will, mm -hmm. um, which I found compelling and attractive for, for several reasons. Uh, so the low barrier entry, yeah, it's low to become a business owner. It's low to open up a gym. And the benefits to that aren't just to the business side. And his view is also a benefit to the public at large because the more of these that exist, the more opportunity to get people moving, to get people on the journey of being healthy. Um, so it gave them a low barrier of entry into health as well, in a way, because uh, you flood the market with these options. Now, over time, a lot will not survive, uh, and that's unfortunate. But by that time, hopefully that got enough people addicted to the methodology and to fitness to then go find the strongest. I find it interesting, um, just from a, a brand standpoint, that they wouldn't have more controls around what happens with people using their name. Right. You know, because um, any Tom, Dick, or Sally that can open it if they're not qualified and don't run a good business, and yep. um, that can really harm their brand. Yep. Um, so you would think that there would be more controls, but it's it's interesting that there wasn't. Yeah. And that's exactly what we found, right? And that, that, as we'll get into, is one of the reasons that some have distanced themselves from that brand because – you can't control what everybody else, Tom, Jack, and Sally are doing over here. They may really do a poor job at this and put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, not about their gym, but about CrossFit. Because to the consumer, the client coming into this gym, they don't know the difference in this is Jack's CrossFit versus this is CrossFit, you know? And, right. and so if they have a bad experience, they may just give up on CrossFit altogether. They may talk around the community about CrossFit negatively altogether, yeah. publicly, on social media, what, what have you. And that, in a way, hurts everybody then affiliated, correct? Yeah. Uh, um, slowly. So from the beginning, you were using the name. Would you say that it helped, that it helped grow the business, that it brought in um, bodies? I, I think it did. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I think the first two years, which is kind of your make or break the crucial time as a business owner, for certainly it helped us um, because the reputation was still growing of CrossFit at the time. And remember, this is 2014-ish to 2016. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I can give stats later, but I think from what I see statistically, the peak of CrossFit's popularity was about 2018. Yeah. So we were still on the upper side of that curve. Um, and I think we got a lot of people in our door, not just because they found us on the map on CrossFit's website, um, but because we could use the word publicly in the community. We also got some people that still were what I would call Kool-Aid drinking CrossFitters. <laughs> they were having bad experiences at others' gyms right. and they were willing to give a, another gym a try. So we were at that time, those first two years, we had this really great mix of people very brand new to this, brand new to fitness, or Completely at least brand new to the style new. of fitness, mm -hmm. as well as people that were having a bad experience at another gym coming in here. And we turned into this melting pot that really, I think, worked well for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Now, Kirby, when you're talking about um, coaching, you're a coach here. Um, you have the L1 certification. Is there anything else that CrossFit offers above that to keep the continuing education for coaches? So you have, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They have um, L2, L3, L4, and then I believe after L4, um, you have a chance to be a staff seminar. As a business owner, Will, how do you view that um, for your coaches? Do you require them to have more than the level one that is yeah. uh, required by CrossFit? Or I did it one it? time. I, I wanted everyone to progress past level one to level two. Uh, we accomplished that. Uh, except for myself, I don't have a level two. Uh, and I always laugh that my coach is the most qualified people in here. I, at that time, when we got to that stage, I was coaching less and less. I was more focusing on the, focused on the fitness side. So I, I helped, you know, what I did is I, I helped offset some of that cost for the coaches and, and, you know, strongly suggested they go get their, their level two. And by that time, by the way, they'd also had other things. So most of our coaches already had, I'm a big believer in don't just hone in on the one the one path that you're on. I think that knowledge outside of, for instance, the brand of CrossFit can be just as valuable. So we had like uh, Kirby attended Carl Paoli's uh, movement uh, seminar, which was great. And oh, yeah. he talks about freestyle movement and, and mostly gymnastics-based stuff. But I think he offered a level of expertise there that was beyond even what CrossFit was offering at the time. So we have lots of coaches. Abby is a USAW weightlifting coach. So she's literally gone to the top of the food chain when it comes to Olympic lifting coaching and, and been certified in that. So I also value those things. Yeah, we had the ERG coaches. ERG that coaches, yep. Oh, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. And, and it was a little bit frustrating, I guess, as a business owner that for me, for instance, that does nothing in the eyes of CrossFit. Having people that are literally subject matter experts in their field because they're not under the CrossFit umbrella, they're not part of the group, so to speak, they're not at that table, um, that does nothing in, in continuing – Kirby's level one certification, for instance. And five years later, they're still going to make him take the level and one class again. Koklov come. Yep. An Olympic athlete. Yeah. Kidding me? Yep. That's another great example. <laughs> we, had, we had a bronze medalist in the Olympics, Russian guy, Klokov, famous, famous, you know, social media is everywhere. He came and did an Olympic lifting seminar. People came from all over the country here to that seminar yep. on that, that weekend. That was cool. Um, but again. Katie Brazil. Katie Brazil, yeah. Had nothing in, you know, no recognition as far as CrossFit's concerned out of those. All right, so that was a little bit of a history lesson. That's where we've been. That's where you guys have been. Um, over, you, you mentioned this. So I became interested with CrossFit by watching it on ESPN. I watched the games. Oh, right. no way. Um, back in, I don't know, 15, 16, 17, right. as Rich Froning was starting to like really do his thing. And yeah. um, it was on ESPN, so I'm watching it. Yeah, like, yeah. This stuff is cool. It was cool. I have no idea. I don't have any relevance to how hard it is because I've never done any of this stuff, but it looks awesome. Right. Um, and it's on ESPN. So it's easy to sure easy to consume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first foray into anything, even CrossFit. That, yeah, yeah. That's how I became even mildly interested in it. To me, that was the, 
the start of the downfall for CrossFit for me is when they took it off of ESPN and went only on the streaming. Oh, like YouTube I don't or like something like that? YouTube. I like to just turn it on ESPN. I like sure. knowing when it's going to be on. I like that it's going to be a couple of hours. I like having professional announcers. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. I mean, it definitely legitimizes. I don't the sport stream on YouTube there. on my TV much, so that's not right. Great for me. So, and the masses, I know, like you know, under forty, sure, streaming's, you know, and that's probably their market. But anybody else like, that might be interested, they they're losing that from not being on ESPN. Now they have brought back, you know, a little bit on like a two-hour slot on yeah CBS that's in the middle of golf or something, and sure, it's not compelling usually, but. I digress. All right, so that was the history of you guys. Um, a lot of people, a lot of gyms started deaffiliating. Is, is that the right word? Deaffiliate, disaffiliate, deaffiliate. Deaffiliate. I guess. Um, over the last two years, a lot of it started with from the outside looking in. I'm not on the professional side of this. It looked like Greg Glassman, the former CEO, um, was not necessarily interested in being politically correct in his talk. Right. Um, which, you know, if you remember two, three years ago, the country was in a uh, very politically charged environment with a lot of Black Lives Matter things happening and economic things happening and yeah, presidents happening. I mean, there was just, there was a lot of turmoil and he kind of stepped right in the middle of a lot of that. But um, that seemed like one of the reasons why People started deaffiliating, but there had to have been more. That might have been just the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, I, I think that was the time that the deaffiliations were very public. Um, you had a lot of these celebrities that you mentioned that people had formerly watched on TV, um, athletes that maybe were affiliated with gyms or maybe even some own gyms, or that they were coming out and saying, "I'm distancing myself, deaffiliating." So it got very public. I I have a feeling that some of that had happened. We're only really fed the the number of new affiliates opening in CrossFit every year, and, and and so you're only kind of fed the growth numbers. You don't know how many affiliates they've lost either through deaffiliation de or people just going out of business. Sure, you know, straight up going out of business. That a lot of that too. So I would be, I would suspect that was already happening. I think that probably one of the reasons I pointed to that being a struggle. I'm now talking that the peak, which is about 2018 to 2020 is probably for the reasons you named, Jason, which I'd be interested to know. When you were watching this on ESPN, for sure, the sport of CrossFit, and I'm going to use that term a lot lately mm -hmm. because I, the sport of CrossFit is what brought its, its magnetic growth. Um, it's what brought, like Kirby said, legitimacy to the name. It's what inspired people. They're seeing these you know, seeming monsters on TV do physical things they never thought imaginable, um, which... It's interesting to me you said that's what attracted you to it. I think that's what attracted a lot of people to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I would, as a business owner, argue the other end that I think it was a huge uh, – I, I was that the decline of CrossFit, was that when it left ESPN? It left ESPN and it left the games because they weren't profitable. Greg Glassman finally came out and said the games has never been profitable. It's been a money loser for us. But, yeah. it, but it, what it brings in is so much more. What it brings in from awareness is so much more. So from a business owner standpoint, I see the very first problem being that from the very beginning, they never separated the sport of CrossFit from the methodology of fitness of CrossFit. The, the sport being what you see on TV, the professional athletes. Correct. Right. Okay. Um, 
And I would argue that what is done for the mass population, Greg Glassman's original view, focus on getting more people healthy and moving, the sport detracted from that. Because now you've got regular moms and dads in the gym. They want to know how to do butterfly pull-ups. Right. They want to know how to do they, – they want to become experts in this – movement that's literally only done in the olympics yeah. can they snatch 300 <laughs> yeah right so that's so right. you've got these uh, and and that's what leads to the the stigma over time of people being burnt out and being injured they don't know that these athletes are full-time employees of being an athlete in the sport of crossfit and i've always equated it to it would be like someone in one of the neighborhoods up here equating what they do on the tennis court to what federer or nadal do right it's not the same Golf for you, Jason, is not the same as it is for Tiger Woods. That's his full-time job. Right. That's his brand. He spends hours upon hours of every day of his waking life in doing that. That's what Rich Froning was doing. Every hour of every day was focused around CrossFit. Right. Right. Team of massage therapists and doctors, and, and now we know, you know performance-enhancing drugs. Who knows all these things going on behind the scenes that are funneling into this sport that has literally nothing to do with Sally, who's trying to lose 15 pounds and lower her blood pressure and coming yeah. in the gym. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, our, uh, Greg would always try to make the, the, the distinction that they differ in, in, in means, not kind. They differ in degree, not kind. They differ in, now what Rich Froning's doing is the exact same thing that Sally needs to be doing. It's just in a lot lower degree for Sally. Okay, but that takes a lot of effort for me as a business owner to explain. When someone comes in the door and they see this monster climbing up a rope upside down with a, you know, 100-pound keg on their back, they're like, whoa, this is not for me. And I have to say, you're right, this is not for you. <laughs> but I can show you some things. That's a lot more work for me. Yeah. So I, right. don't, I don't know, Jason. It's an interesting thing that, that I think over time people started to figure out, hey, I came into this because I was excited by watching these athletes. It's the same reason people start golf, maybe. Mm -hmm. But the difference is, is that pursuing what with someone that wants to start playing golf never in the back of their head thinks they're going to get to where tiger woods is they just want to go out in the weekend and have fun with their friends their family well they certainly don't go out onto the range once a week and try to swing as hard and as violently as somebody who does it that's for right. a living that's right otherwise mm -hmm. they'll hurt themselves as well so i think that they would have crossfit probably would have saved a lot of their headache even even throughout the the 2020 the pandemic and the george george floyd times had they from the beginning separated out the sport from the methodology of fitness yeah for the for the general public and maybe that meant the sport never existed never got on tv which would have made the growth of crossfit the fitness brand a lot slower i understand that yeah um but you know so the, it's a hard argument well if you've got a i would think if you have a thriving sustainable business mm -hmm. um specifically yours that didn't even have crossfit in the name but even if it did once the business is sustaining based on its reputation in the community if you're not really getting anything from CrossFit HQ for the $3,000 you're paying other than the ability to use their name. I feel like it's almost a no brainer to get rid of the name unless $3,000 just isn't, you know, a, a big deal, but. Well, I wouldn't say it's a no brainer. Well, let, let me ask you this. I mean, you've got, you're right. And, and we were sort of forced into that situation because I didn't want to use the name I was allowed to use. So I was like, to hell with it. I'll just use the name I want to use. And that removed cross from everything. And, and we were marginally successful at that time, not what we are then. Um, but the reason it's not a no-brainer 
for several reasons this, but you tell me, you said that you found this version of fitness because of what you saw with CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Actually, your first gym was not a CrossFit affiliate. Right. Um, but if I'd asked you at that time, Jason, what do you, what is CrossFit? What would you say? Why do you want to do it? And what is it to you in your head? Yeah, to me in my head, I would say CrossFit was the movements that we do that are different than what you would do at Lifetime or any Globo gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing it in a group setting, which I dig. Okay. Those are the two things that I would say is CrossFit. So that's what attracted you to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's okay. We can say probably you went into a another franchise model gym called Iron Tribe at the time. Mm-hmm. Did you view what you were doing there as CrossFit? Yes. Good. Okay. okay. And I would agree. Why? Because you knew it wasn't an affiliate. Yeah, for me, CrossFit uh, was more like uh, Ziploc. Okay, it's the it's a brand name of what you're using. Yeah, not necessarily the actual brand of what you're using. Yeah, I could be using Walmart or Target's brand of a Ziploc bag, but it's still yep. a Ziploc bag. Yeah, great analogy. Um, and yeah, so perfect. I was at Iron Tribe, but I was yeah I was doing CrossFit because it's that style of functional explosive movement. Yeah, um, yeah. So what CrossFit did when when we took the L1 is they defined. What is CrossFit? Well, it is constantly varied functional movements performed at a high intensity. That's mm-hmm. what they say. Yeah. And again, as I've mentioned previously, that definition is so broad. Just about anything you do could be CrossFit. <laughs> so again, like all the other brands out there, Spin Studio is CrossFit. Iron Tribe is CrossFit. Orange Theory could be CrossFit. Boot Camp could be CrossFit. You know, so it made just about everything else out there CrossFit. So this is where we start to see the difference in the brand giving you power. Uh First, the methodology of training. I CrossFit was a brand and is a brand, but the brand to me was so much more strongly associated with the sport mm-hmm. than it was the methodology because there was no, there's not tight enough constraints and control on the methodology of training. They can't, they can't trademark rowing or pull ups <laughs> or squats or thrusters, or cleans or anything. Like but that. to you, the consumer, <clears throat> when you're looking for a methodology of fitness and you're thinking the head, you're sitting on the couch one day, you're like, man, I need to get in shape and I, I think I want to do CrossFit. Sounds fun. I've got a feeling you envisioned a gym that had a rig in it, had some bumper plates, probably had a sound, people dropping those on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably saw a lot of sweaty people, so I had a clock going, a lot of really like people going as hard as they could at the end. You envisioned this whole like experience. Yep. And then you find out that you can get <laughs> that experience. yelling, hollering. That's right. And you, and you, and then you find out I can get that experience different places, whether it's an affiliate or not. So when you said, is it a no brainer? Well, it's not necessarily a no brainer because I, I still want to attract those people that are after that experience. And when they Google CrossFit, I would still like my, me to be an option. So that's the hard part is that am I going to have to, when someone new comes in my door and is potentially want to join my gym, am I going to have to spend more effort talking them into doing this or it, meaning that, Hey, I am at, we are doing CrossFit here. Or am I going to have to spend more effort justifying why we're doing this? Yeah. Meaning this person's intimidated and they've had a bad experience. And I need right. to say, hey, we're not that same thing. And that's what I'm having to battle. Well, so head. the question I would have, practically speaking, on the SEO side. So if somebody's yeah. Googling it, then that's on the, you can put all kinds of keywords into sure. the back end of your website. I'm wondering if you de-affiliate from CrossFit, if you have to remove any of those words out of your i believe you're supposed to now again the tech guys know you can hide a lot of this but you can't have anything visible on your website that says crossfit yeah got it um and if you were to de-affiliate what does that mean for your coaches and their certifications can a non-affiliate go get an l1 certification or do you have to be affiliated to absolutely i mean we were all non-affiliated when we got our level ones that's the point yeah it was the first step to become an affiliate 
you couldn't apply for an affiliation until you had a level one. That's right. So, Jason, you could go get your L1. You could go get your L2. Open up an affiliate. Yeah. And you don't ever have to open or you don't have to coach. We have several members of the gym right now that have their level one certifications. We had Aaron Snow on the podcast previously. He has a CrossFit level one certification. Yeah. He doesn't coach CrossFit. He doesn't own a gym. You know, so, so no, absolutely. You can continue or you can not continue to do this. So de-affiliating doesn't keep you or preclude you or your coaches from getting or continuing to advance their education in the CrossFit training? No. In fact, and this will be one of my, you know, reasons to distance myself from it. I would say it's just the opposite. Remaining an affiliate, it actually removes the requirement to stay and keep re uh, newing your certification. Cause if you are an affiliate or a coach cut, for instance, Kirby, if I wanted Kirby to remain a coach here under my affiliate, he has to pay a thousand dollars them every five years to renew that level one or level two. Right. Which frankly I found ridiculous. That's a money grab. Now they want him to keep progressing up the ladder, but if we don't see a value in that, you know, for whatever reason that is at the very least, the experience he ought to he ought to be given credit for the other continuing education he's done, as well as the hours he has spent coaching. Every other certification I know of in the world, nursing. I mean, I go on and on. They they get CEUs. There's a way to continue education training yeah. that counts, or and and or they also get credit for on the floor hours spent doing that. So as long as you're an active nurse, your nursing license doesn't expire. You know, as long as you you commit so many hours right. nursing. Um. That thousand dollars that you paid, does that pay for future classes, or is that no. just sunk cost? It's sunk cost. So, so right now Kirby's L L one has expired, correct? Correct. And L two. And L two. <laughs> so he he they are asking him to pay us another thousand dollars to go retake the same CrossFit one hundred and one class with all the newer comers. When Kirby is, by all means, seen as one of the most advanced and most capable CrossFit coaches in North Atlanta. Thank you, sir. And he's going to have to go sit in a room uh, with people that have never coached this in their life and take the same class again. I see a little bit of pros now. I can see why they want to do it. It's always good to hear it again. Mm. But come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> Is that really why or do you need the $1,000 from him? Is that what it's more about? To me, it feels like it's more about that. What about from a programming standpoint? Do you get your programming from CrossFit HQ? Don't they still release that a, a daily they wad? You can. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a choice to be. I mean, yeah. you, they offer that. They, that, Anybody that, can just look at that as well. Like, it's not like you have to be an affiliate to be able to see that. Uh, right. The, well, they do have now a new track. Uh, I think James Hobart is helping on it. Oh, okay. That that is affiliate programming. Um, that per I don't know. That it, they don't just put out there. They were charging public? for it a small fee at first. Now it might be free to the affiliate owner. I, I don't okay. want to speak out of turn there. Um, but you you very well could. I never liked the programming for what we did there. Again, it was. Uh, their programming. So, <laughs> so you're a CrossFit <laughs> yeah. affiliate, but you don't like CrossFit. We talked about this last po- episode. I take the, what I do with programming very seriously, and I know my clientele. So CrossFit is releasing programming for every affiliate around the world. Yeah. Well, what happens if my affiliate and the members of my gym don't look like the members in Sao Paulo, Brazil, or you know, like it's <laughs> and don't need those same things. Like every demographic, every area is different in need sure, and kind and, sure. and, and all these things. Sure. And so um it's too much of a cookie cutter. CrossFit's uh sort of a mantra from the beginning, by the way, for all of you all out there that have seen some of these workouts, seem like is is the you program for the best and you scale for the rest. That's a quote right. that came out. And I don't know that they ever said that exactly, but they did sort of teach it in that way. So when you would see the online workouts, 
they were crazy. They would seem crazy even to you, Jason. He's very strong and very fit. You would see these these heroic workouts every now and then that I don't think even five percent of my gym could do. I think one came out was called King Kong, and it yep. was something something north of a five hundred pound uh, back squat or uh, deadlift. excuse me, deadlift. Yeah, and then uh, strict had- handstand push-ups and ring and a ring muscle up. You probably can't do any of those things. No. So, so <laughs> if if the, if I'm buying that from CrossFit and that's my workout on Wednesday, I'm basically having to rewrite write that workout for the entire gym. Yeah, you wasted your money. I wasted my money. Uh, so I I was never going to use that anyway. So when you said earlier, hey, they don't. What do they give you? They don't give you a lot. They 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 now do. They give you a playbook. They give you more uh, than they did before. They definitely have done it. Come a long ways in giving people. Now when I got in, they gave you nothing. They didn't even give you that programming. You could just go on the main site and see it. But they also didn't charge you much. So, again, I, I didn't have a lot of complaints on that. They gave you a lot of freedom, which at first sounds really cool. Yeah. You know. Now, the most exciting thing, in my opinion, that happens in the calendar year at this gym and in CrossFit is the Open. Yeah, sure. What happens if you de-affiliate, disaffiliate? God, I'm so bad with that word. <laughs> if you yeah. de-affiliate, yeah. Can, you, can we still do the Open? Absolutely. Yeah. We can and we will. Yeah. How do we do it? Because I remember when I yeah. register for it, I have to put, Yep. CrossFit South for Scythe. Yep, that's the what do I difference. put now. When you would register and do a workout, the open for people that don't understand is the is the yearly. What's it? It, it is coming from the sports side of CrossFit, but is the year that the whole community will, if they choose, partake in that sport and say, "Hey, there's no different in, in Alta tennis or whatever." You know, they kind of you you, you play up and see what level you're at. Same thing with the open. You're going to do the workouts, and if you if you do well enough across these what's now three weeks, you progress to the next stage, the next stage, and the next stage, and finally you're on the games. You're on the thing that once was on ESPN. Um, so when we do the open here, we were able to do it as an affiliate, meaning people could plant their flag and say, "I'm doing this as part of CrossFit South for Scythe." Well, I could even form a team if we want to enter the team competition here. Um, and now the only difference will literally be you have to select I'm unaffiliated. That's it. Everything's oh. the same. The open was always available for anybody. You could do it in your garage. You could do it in your park. You could do it, you know, in the parking lot. Doesn't matter. You yeah, could do you as long as you had the equipment and could meet the standards. Anybody anywhere could do the open, and that's what was so attractive about it. Got it. Um, so th- so that that hasn't changed. You can still do it in our gym. Um, it's just that you cannot uh, say that you're doing it. Under cross for South Forsyth anymore. Okay. Which is so, already confusing, by the way, because every year, how many of you all had to ask me, what do I put in here? Well, I don't see synergy. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Once again, that's not even our real name. You right. Know? So it's like just another example of what am I doing? But, <laughs> what are we doing here? I mean, it, it doesn't sound like much. Like in the beginning, like $3,000 a year, um, you know, $1,000 for me for five years. But in the end, how long have you been open? Eight years, yeah. And then multiply by three, right? And then... I've I've gotten level one, level two. I've gone, um, I've done I've done the Olympic weightlifting cert with um, uh, Mike Bergner. Yep, Mike Bergner. Um, over with um, that was a part of CrossFit. Fraser or uh, not Fraser? Jeez, uh, our boy, Mayhem. Rich, Rich Front. Thank yep. you, thank you. Um, so all of that combined together, I mean, we're talking over. Probably what twenty twenty five thousand dollars just for me and you. Yeah. Um, and then minus the twenty dollars every year for the open, and I've been doing it since twenty fourteen. Ten dollars every time for the uh, judge. To the judge. So you add all that up, and you get all the coaches together, and I mean, I feel like we spent probably close to fifty thousand dollars in this one gym, just just to be CrossFit affiliated. Yeah. So if I can recap all that I just heard. 
the only real tangible negative if you deaffiliate is you may lose some online searchability. Can you think of any other negative ramification of deaffiliating? For us specifically, for you, I I cannot. No, the pros and cons list. Uh, I have very few cons on the side. Uh, that and or the perception. Um, I would have to throw that back to someone like you, Jason. It could be a potential con if I look at the vast landscape of all my members. Would they have an issue if they were no longer working out a CrossFit affiliate? Would you? You care? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Now we've had a few here, maybe over the years that we care. I guess. I mean, maybe a couple. But I, I see that um, because there are people out there. When I say Kool Aid drinking CrossFitter, I, I, I it's tongue in cheek, but I, I don't mean it as a criticism. There are p- people that are so proud of this and what it's done for them, and they, they get a lot of joy from this, and they, they gladly plant their flag in the ground to say I am a crossfitter and they yeah. want to be able to say that and they yeah. want to say I work out at a crossfit gym yeah. I wear the crossfit shoes I do everything crossfit yeah and now I, over the years I've distant I've found that to be mostly silly because I don't think it gets you anywhere yeah. for most people and, and most of those people are pursuing the sport side of this in one way or another um but I, I would hate if if uh, if they all of a sudden were very upset and didn't yeah. want to be a part of this community because of that yeah. so the million dollar question is are you going to de-affiliate yeah, so the answer to that is yes, uh, we we have deaffiliated or we've tried to. And that's the, that's the funny point of this is that um, in December when our affiliate was supposed to be up, I usually they send you out a new contract. It's a legal contract. You sign it. You sign up and pay your fee. I didn't even get it this year, which is another troubling thing to did me. Did you get cut? No, we're still on the website. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I thought maybe I did. I don't know. But, Dave but, Castro, did we get cut? Yeah. So I actually sent them an email and said, hey, I don't want to, I'm de-affiliating basically. And and I actually sent our representative here in the Southeast region my reasons why, in case they wanted to know. And I haven't even heard back from them. It's now January something. I'm not going to pay my payment. I'm not going to do those things. Um, Which would speak to the other side of something. And that that is, I think, you know, CrossFit has publicly been through a lot of changes ever since Greg, uh, you know, was kind of out. Eric Rosa came in. Then I think, we don't know what we don't know, but but Eric Rosa sort of went on leave, and now he's stepped down as CEO, and he's I think he's still the owner. I'm not 100% sure. Corporately, they just seem to be a mess. There's a bunch of layoffs throughout that time. There was, I mean, all sorts of they things. They fired Dave Castro from the games and then brought him back, back to, right. because they couldn't, I actually couldn't do this without him and right. his name brand That's recognition. Right. So there, from a business owner's perspective, again, not knowing what I don't know, it doesn't have a lot of the, uh, the, Stability? the, the optics of a stable <laughs> company right now. It just doesn't. Yeah. Um, maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe they've righted all this. Um, so a little bit, but that's a good example of, hey, I try to do affiliate. I haven't even heard back. Um, so there's a piece of me that's like, am I on a ship, on board a ship that's sinking? And when I started this gym and my brand, it was all about trying to differentiate myself. Like I said, the one issue I have with CrossFit is I have no control over that brand. I have no control over the brand of CrossFit HQ, what they're doing. I have no control over other CrossFit gyms. And inadvertently, both of those things do affect me. It affects the perception of me and my brand. Yeah. Um, so that already bothers me. Now, if I have those things that I'm not in control of that I notice are sinking, well, I sure don't want to be associated with that when I'm not sinking. Um, so it was another thing that's sort of like, uh-oh, put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. As a devil's advocate, though, I don't know that there's a lot of companies out there that care much about the, unfortunately, that care much about the 
clientele that's leaving. They're much more focused on going out and getting new clients. Think about a cell phone company. All the discounts go to the new clients. All the new deals go to the new clients. So what about your current clients? Well, we don't really care. (laughs) You're already paying us money and... Um, it's kind of a bass backwards business model, but it is the business right. model for a lot of people. Well, that, that works is it, that's works until it doesn't, when you're in a subscription model, which is what CrossFit is for affiliate. And by the way, it's what my membership base is in my little company is I, I rely on people to keep paying me that money every month, mm-hmm. you know, forever. Um, you have to put more effort in, in my opinion, into retention than you do acquisition. So I think that's a, a huge issue for companies out there that run that. And I do think they recognize that, which is why they brought Dave back and made him, you know, the liaison, so to speak, to affiliates. Right. Um, And he's done a great job. And again, I don't have any issue with how CrossFit headquarters has has managed their business. I I think they've been 100% transparent and honest from the beginning. We are a strongest survive uh, model. We are a licensed model, not an affiliate. We're going to give you very little and you're going to pay very little. And that's awesome. I was on board with all the things. This certification process, the low barrier to entry, fine. I was on board with that. Um, I was even on board with a lot of the things Greg Glassman was doing in the early days until he started going wild about chasing rabbits that I didn't think he'd ever catch, nor did I think catching that rabbit would help me. Um, we can pivot for a second and talk about how he went very hard into uh, uh, spending a lot of money and legal and political lobbying things like Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. big soda, big sugar, yeah. he called it. Um, he was trying to fight very large battles, which I respect him from doing. For doing, I yeah. think those battles should be fought. I think he needs a lot more help fighting it than just CrossFit. But at the time, you know, I would rather him maybe do that with his own money and his own, you know, lobbying, his own friends, than with our brand. When what we needed at that time, a lot of the gyms I knew in there were really struggling. What we could use actually is some maybe some help marketing. We could use some help in sales, maybe some training and and business ownership and business leadership. And and there's a lot of ways I thought maybe you could invest that back into to growing what was really your core. And he sort of distanced himself from me, he didn't do. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I thought he was on his way to doing well is this CrossFit Health Initiative, which we haven't talked much about. But, you know, his I, one of his ideas was, was to get CrossFit more into what I would consider the medical space, the healthcare space. And I understand if we really want to change human health from the ground up, that we would have physicians and nurses not just prescribing medication based on blood work and symptoms and treating, treating things. We would have them talking about things like exercise and diet and sleep and the things that we inside the affiliates have been trained to talk about forever. We would have healthcare professionals pushing people into the affiliates, pushing patients into the affiliates as clients. So we're lowering the cost of healthcare and we're improving health from, again, the ground up. I thought that was awesome. I think it's fallen a little bit short of what that could have been. Um, so there's a lot of frustrating aspects to that, uh, when it seemed at times, Hey, we just need to keep getting a thousand dollars from these coaches every five years to keep the cogs and the wheel turning. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's pivot. Sounds like you heard it here, folks, breaking news, (laughs) synergy, (laughs) fitness community is de-affiliating or trying to, um, but we want to offer up ideas, you know, of CrossFit HQ or Dave Castro or anyone else is listening to this that, um, may care. Let's offer up some some solutions, some yeah. things that um, CrossFit HQ or whomever they could add into uh, their their offering that would make it worth the three thousand, or even if they charge more, but you got a lot more for it. Um, yeah. What are a few things that off the top of your mind that you would say if they did this, it would be great? Kirby, what do you think? 
What, what's one? Um, honestly, I think from a coaching perspective that when you start your career into CrossFit, you have an option of it being a more of a hobby driven yep. or more of a career driven because it seems like it just, just so some sort of resource that you could reach out to and, and get that betterment or a separate track. Yeah. So like, uh, like for example, the L1 is two days, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're in it for a hobby. That might be the toe to dip in. Okay. I get it. Level two, maybe you do it for a week and you go somewhere and you're with like-minded people and you're learning from them and learning from the highest coaches, then I would have no problem paying $1,000 to do that level two. In fact, I'd probably pay more to do something like that. Yeah, what Kirby's touching on, I think is an important point. And that is the, that for someone like myself, that I no longer get the value or have the need to use the word CrossFit. Again, because I've spent a lot of time differentiating myself from this community in a lot of ways, when, especially when I saw it doing a poor job. So when you go into an affiliate and you have a bad experience as a coach and realize this is just a hobby, they coach a couple hours a week, it's pretty common stay in this gym space that they might trade a, a membership for coaching right. a couple hours a yeah, week. And, or cleaning. Or cleaning or whatever it is. That, that's, been, that's, that's been sort of the, the stigma around, around this from the business perspective is, is that there's a difference in the experience that client is getting than in someone who's doing this as their job. And there's been a lot of great consulting groups, Mad Labs, Stuart Brower with uh, WTF Gym Talk, that's really invested a lot of time and effort into professionalizing coaches in this space. To say to someone like Kirby that wants to do this as a career where he should be treated differently, looked at differently, and educated differently uh, than someone who's just going to do it to coach a couple classes a week, right? Yeah. Uh, because, again, I, I don't want myself to be affiliated with the gym and lumped into the same gym that has just a bunch of – you know, hobby coaches they don't really there's those clock starters, and now all of a sudden they have a bad experience. <laughs> and then, how do I talk that member into trying my gym out and telling them we're different? When when they walk in my gym, if I'm still Synergy CrossFit, yeah, it looks the same, smells the same, tastes the same, you know, it sounds the same. It all, and I have to try to explain that away. Yeah, yeah why different. why we're different? Yeah, yeah. it'd be kind of cool if it was like instead of L one, it was P one, like professional one, professional oh, yeah, two. Yeah, like, yeah, for but sure. you've got like the full time coaches that are into this, um, and then there's standards of some sort. Absolutely. That would be kind of cool. I mean, there's a difference in someone that wants to make sandwiches at Subway for a couple hours a week and a chef that goes to chef school. Yeah. Exactly. A culinary art. You know, and I would love to see CrossFit differentiate those two. So what about next? from a marketing standpoint? You've got a big machine that is CrossFit, a big name that is CrossFit. Is there anything that they could do for local affiliates from a marketing standpoint? I think they fixed some of that. I, I think that I would have said from a long time ago they should have distanced the, themselves from the sport, separated the sport from the methodology of fitness. And they, in the last two years, they've come a long way in doing that. You, see, you can even see the – if you see a commercial on TV or an ad on social media, you'll see the, the 70-year-old lifting the, 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 water, keg, jugs. the water jugs. And, the and then we kind of laugh about that on the other end. But that just because that's not my demographic, but it could be somebody's. Um, they've really done a great job of that. I think it was probably too little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see them invest in local, you know, CrossFit's at a grassroots, the affiliates are grassroots small mom-pop shop businesses. So yeah. does the ESPN thing help? Yeah, it does. But in a lot of areas where maybe someone, the, the demographic's not as active on social media, I would love to see them throughout their regional directors and, and get involved in some local marketing. Um, I think that would go a long way. Yeah. Uh, again, though, I will tell you, Jason, the, the tips I would give someone like Dave of how you want to turn this thing around to really help the affiliates wouldn't be those things from a global standpoint, because I don't think you even need to help marketing. If you can get uh, enough people back involved, they'll do the marketing for you. If you can change people's lives. I've yeah. said that from day one. Your story is the most powerful tool you have. 
So you need more people to have a good story, not a bad story. How are you do? How do you do that? Well, again, separating the sport out. It's going to lead to less injuries. You know, I, you may not need to teach people that are you know forty five years old with a job and three kids at home how to do handstand push ups. They may, may not never need. They may yeah. never need to <laughs> yeah. snatch. Yeah. They may not ever need to snatch. Yeah, they right. overhead squat. These yeah. things that are elite level, and maybe that is the goal one day for someone. But you don't need to put so much effort into teaching those things. Yeah, um, that would be one effort. Then I would love to see people from a business standpoint. I was really excited when I heard Eric Rose was taking over because I thought this was the opportunity. But to finally globalize and and utilize some of the big buying power and big uh, the platform worldwide that we have as affiliates and members of our affiliates and start to bring in some of the things other businesses all the way all already have. <laughs> so one of those things would be like from a software position. Eric Rose is a software guy. Like we all at every gym have our own software platform. I use Wattify. They do my building. They do my workout tracking. They do my programming, scheduling, membership management. But there's a f- 50 different yeah, options out there. For sure. I would love for CrossFit to say, hey, we are putting our, planting our flag in this one. And we're going to offer you a discounted rate for this. And, and, and here's the one we've worked on a deal with. We'll push this into the gyms. And now, by the way, that offers you some advantages. Now we, we do billing globally. So when we negotiate fees with credit card companies and processors, we have more buying power. We can also compare workout results globally. We can give you statistics and reports like, hey, Jason, you don't have to wait till the open to know what kind of shape you're in compared to 45 other 40-year-olds across the world. Every day when this affiliate does Fran or whatever the workout is, I can show you what your Fran time was compared to your buddy that works out at the gym down the street or across town or across the country. And we can start to pool these results together uh, like, a again, a franchise model would do. Yeah. Iron Tribe would do, Orange Theory would be able to do. Um, there's no reason from a software standpoint we can't do that. Yeah. Um, another big one for me, we already have, CrossFit does have its own insurance platform for uh, liability insurance with the risk retention group um, that you can participate in. Sort of a mutual, if you would, a, a, a buy-in. Um, I would love to see them get involved in the benefit space. Um, health insurance. Health insurance. This 401k. This is a big thing for me. Uh, my wife works in this this field. But again, when we're talking about separating hobby coaches from career coaches, it's a very difficult thing as a small business owner in this country. Every small business owner would 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 relate to this to get into the benefit space. It's exceedingly expensive, um, almost impossible, especially if you don't have a large pool to negotiate with. Well, if I could have my career coaches, someone like Kirby, even myself, if I wanted to get benefits for myself, instead of having to shop the market, Go and go go into the, the the open place market and do that to be able to do that under the flag of CrossFit, that would be enormous. And then you I could would look. Think at, that they would already have something like that. You would think they would. Yeah, yeah. How how could it's I set. get? We at my last company, you know, we we went through ADP, and we would because we were a small business, we would be able to pool ourselves in sort of these ADP pools to do yep. this. I would love to see CrossFit provide something like that with the buying power they have. So my suggestions would be much more from those resource standpoints. Is if you have whatever the number is, 5,000 affiliates in the U.S., let's pull those people together. Yeah. How many of those coaches would want benefits? How many work enough oh hours gosh. and would want 401K, would want dental, health care? They're some of the think, most fittest people on, on earth. Well, and think, right. think bigger. What if every member of an affiliate was in this pool as well? Because a ton of us are small business owners who are also out there fighting the terrible fight of trying to find our own health insurance. Yep. Well, what if now as a benefit of being a member of an affiliate – you can get into the pool oh, for health man. insurance. Yeah, right. that'd be huge. Now you're talking about a gigantic pool of the fittest people. It's 
probably a really good risk pool from a health insurance <laughs> standpoint. Very good. Uh, uh, yeah. That's and so, for sure. yeah, I've thought about that. I've thought about um, merchandise. I mean, you should have buying power. You should be able to go on to Rogue slash affiliate and buy Rogue at a discount because you're affiliate. Reebok, Noble, I don't care who it is. There yep. should be a slash affiliate. You log in with your affiliate name, and you'd be able it to get exist. discounted I mean, th- th- there would be, Jason, some of those. Uh, Rogue, not, but but some Reebok of those. Reebok used to do that with the uh, There with are the some of those. I mean, you can go in Lululemon, and if you're a, a, a coach and affiliate, they'll give you a discount. So, so now I, I will say some of those exist, but that, that doesn't come from CrossFit's buying power. It comes from the brands themselves aligning themselves, FitAid, right. different supplement companies. Right. How much bigger of a platform and, and buying power do you get, though, if CrossFit leads that conversation. I would think much bigger. Hi, we're not bringing, you're not bringing us the idea. We're bringing you 100,000 potential buyers. Wow. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just, that's the way that I think about this, that they could serve the CrossFit community. That's a great At one. large. Um, <laughs> and provide more value. Because Again. then I would want to be, I would want to be a member of an affiliate. Yep. Now there's an actual advantage yep. to being affiliated. For sure. Much larger added value there. Yeah, it's not just you, the business owner, the person that's running it, Will. It's 150 members yep. who are also asking for this, yep. um, which crazy. brings loyalty. It brings stickiness. It, there's a lot of advantages that they could that they could do if they thought a little bigger on that. There is, and I, and I don't think that, again, the straw that broke the camel's back for me would be the certification process. Um, I, I would want Dave and the crew and he works intimately with that group to fix that. I, I don't think that Kirby or even myself as an affiliate owner um, needs to go retake the weekend course. I think that's a waste of his time. I think it's a waste of Kirby's time and money to do that. I think that um, he ought to have another way to ascend that, um, which he does. He could go for the L3. Um, or I think that he, and or I think he should be given credit in some sort of continuing education fashion for the amount of time spent on the floor performing the the, the job, uh, on the job training, I would like CrossFit to open as as liberal as they are and as or libertarian as they are in saying, "Hey, we'll let you run your business however you want, as long as you're an affiliate." I would want them to have the same mindset towards the continuing education to say, "Maybe our the people at our table aren't the only experts out there. If you want to go to a a, a leading yoga expert and learn that." we would accept that as some sort of CEU credit, understanding that fitness is a huge global space and there's no one right or wrong way to go about this and open their mind a little bit to, hey, you don't need to be in the end circle. Um, in fact, they've alienated a lot of Kelly Starrett and there's a lot of names over the years that they've, they've Chris Henshaw, that they've alienated. Um, and because, now they've had to go to their own gyms or right. be affiliated with other gyms because they wanted to control how they taught those things when these guys are recognized leading world-class subject matter experts in this field i think that's a big mistake and i i I would encourage uh hq to look into that and to address that okay yeah well we've offered up um we've we've given some history we've we've poked some holes we've had breaking news we've (laughs) offered some (laughs) some ideas um any any final thoughts out of either one of you on um on just what you're looking for now that we're going to be de-affiliated. Yeah. What does, what does that mean for the future of Synergy Fitness? 
Well, I, I don't think it means much for us. It won't change anything about how we do things here. We've, as we've talked about in previous episodes, we've already pivoted some of our, our programming and the way we run classes away from the traditional, I would say, CrossFit Since, model. Yeah. But for any gym owner or, or someone out there, which I'm sure some of some of y'all will listen to this, that are considering this and, and, and weighing these pros and cons, do just that. Create that list. It's all about a value. The money isn't much. It doesn't cost much. But the but the point is, is, is that name, is licensing the name of CrossFit providing you more value to your business? And if it is, if it is, I, I'm still a big believer that if, if that's who you are and that's what you want to be known as, then plant your flag in that ground. Stand by it and, uh, and be proud of it. But if it's not, if at the end of the day I wanted control of my own brand, um, I don't want what I'm doing in my business to be affected by anybody else out there that's not inside these walls right here. Um, that's why I did it. And I am in it speaking from a place, a privileged place that we have become successful. Um, not in spite of that brand, but, but, uh, you know, largely based on our own way of doing things here. And, uh, uh, I'm thankful for everything CrossFit's given me. I'm thankful for the history that got me into this. I owe a lot to Greg, uh, and, and to the CrossFit larger community. Absolutely. Still love being around it. I, I, I really do. It's just that being affiliated, it for me, it no longer serves that purpose. The value's not there. Yeah. Well said and well stated. Um, thank you, guys. This has been fun. It's been educational, especially for somebody who's more of a user on the outside looking in. This has been great. Thank, um, you, thank you again for Lululemon as one of our partners. Um, yes, everybody go to the Peachtree Corners um, store now and when it opens the new one and yep. shop there. Spend your dollars there. Please do. Amen. Thank and you, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time.